where have you been? It has been forever since I've seen you. Yeah. Wow, we definitely took some time off. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. What have you been doing months. in your time off? Anything exciting? Working. Just working? Working a lot, yeah. a lot. You know, it's like one of those things where day jobs just interfere with life and fun and everything else. It It's too bad that you bust your ass in a nine to five and you probably hate your job most of the time, but this is like for anybody. And then your passion projects are the things that, you know, you can't devote all that time to. Yeah. It's just it's just unfortunate. Myself, I mean, theater-related stuff since we... I mean, last time I saw you was in November. Uh, that was when we recorded our last episode. Um, I actually went to see a few shows, which is so unlike me. Uh, I got out there. I saw a couple over the holidays. Um, and then after the first of the year, I, I saw a show. Um, but other than that, yeah, I've been keeping it on the DL. Actually, oh, no, that's not true. I, I directed a show. I did a kid's show. We did uh, Alice in Wonderland Jr. Oh, you directed that? I did direct uh, that. I'm going to tell you. It was, it, it's funny because having done that show and then dropping our last episode of the last podcast, it was the kids' episode, to, to, to hear myself talking about how excited I was to work with the kids and then having just finished the experience, I got to say, it was it, overall, it was really good. You know, I had a great group of kids. The show went really well. Um, everyone was very happy with it. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. I, I didn't do as much as I like normally would do. I didn't have my hat and all the rings. Yep. Like, I wasn't building the set, and I wasn't doing... Uh, all the tech and stuff like that. I had people to do that, which was nice. It allowed me to just focus on directing. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was fun. I came out of retirement long enough to remember why I retired. <laughs> I heard. So you did a little little sound gig, did you? Yeah. 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 I mean, the show was the show was good. Not I'm not a big not a big Godspell fan. Yeah. It's not my favorite show. Right. I mean, the, task, the cast mm-hmm. was talented, but um, yeah. it's just one of those like I feel like I'm supposed to be on. <laughs> Drugs. It's gonna be all show. It's just so bizarre. It's like watching hair. You're like, it's, if I'm not on something, uh, I must I mean, be missing something. It, it makes hair look like mild. It's just so. It's so weird. Yeah, it is a, it's so it, weird. I'm not. You know me. I'm not a big Jesusy kind of show person. But it's um, not even like a Jesusy. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's just. It's like if Jesus was on an acid trip. I would probably like I mean, Jesus on acid. I, I, don't know, but, yeah. I would like that better. Don't, um, don't tell my wife I said that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's a there's you know uh, that show's done and um, I'm kind of on a little hiatus right now. I got nothing going on this spring, which is nice. Uh, I'm not starting up to the summer uh, for the fall show, um, so I got some time off. So I'm hoping in that time maybe get out see a few shows, maybe do some reviews. I'm thinking um, of getting some like season tickets to a couple places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I have a little, check little spare time. Yeah, there's a few things I got my eye on uh, yeah. that I'd like to see. And speaking of things that I would like to see, I got to ask you a question. You ever get to New York? Go see a Broadway show? I've never seen a show on Broadway. Really? Yeah, I, I go to Boston. Okay. But I, personally, I, I'm a Yankees, Yankees fan, but <laughs> I hate New York. Like, I, I go there to support a couple of buddies of mine who play out there. I sure. go to clubs and everything. Yeah. But I hate that city. I got to tell you, I love that city. Oh. I love driving in that city. I just love everything about it. It's fantastic. It is laid out well. I've seen a bunch of shows there. I think the last show I went to see there, I want to say, was either Mary Poppins or um, maybe it was Lacage uh, yep. with Kelsey Grammer, which was a phenomenal show. I've seen some really good shows in New York. But here's the thing that's killing me right now. There's this new show out there called Hamilton. Everyone's talking about it. Everybody loves it. It's supposed to be like the new hot thing. It's a hip-hop period piece, which the concept is just insane. But guess what? I'll never go see it. I'll never get to go and see it. You want to know why? It's $600 a ticket right now. That is insane to me. $600 a ticket. I can't even process it because as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as you said hip-hop and like old school, I'm thinking like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and that uh, the Romeo and Juliet crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, awesome. I'm telling you, this is like the hottest show right I've, now. I've heard the song. What was it? The the Grammys or whatever it was. They just... And it, what is it? The Grammys or the Tonys? Tonys. Was it the, the Grammys? No, yeah. Grammys. Yeah, they did, okay. a, did a song at Grammys. And... Uh, I mean, it sounded great, but I haven't heard anything from it. I know nothing about it. I'm gonna shoot for Boston tickets, and you know what? I'm saying I'll wait till it comes it around to PPAC, or yeah. maybe when we're able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it was the same thing with like the Book of Mormon. There's no way I could have ever. It afforded was like to see hundred in actually in New York. They were like two, three hundred dollars for tickets in New York City, which is again insane. I mean, That's here's the bad. thing: for six hundred dollars, though, it's a lot of stuff you could do. 
there better be something else involved. That's all I'm gonna say. Six hundred bucks. I'm usually looking for a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, at least three. You figure two two hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, that would probably be all right. But but that's crazy. I don't know. The show's bucks. what two two and a half hours, maybe three hours. Still, for six hundred dollars, they mm, buy you a steak I or. I don't know. It's not a it's not a sit down dinner show. It's uh. not... That's crazy to me. Even when Book of Mormon, another example, you yeah. know, that was up there. And I know people would go and they would try to get in the lotteries and stuff like that. Um, I think that's great, but $600 a ticket? Come on. I mean, in my in my estimation of, I mean, it, they make a gazillion dollars on these shows, obviously, at 600 bucks a ticket. But wouldn't you rather have a lower ticket price and have more people see the show? Than have a super high ticket price and keep people from seeing the show. I think the problem is the the way that they do the shows now. It's it's like having a uh, a fund on Wall Street. It's all investment based. Yeah. So they're just pushing for maximum maximum per seat money right. because they know the shows are going to fill. So it's like trying to go to a Red Sox game now. You want to go to a Red Sox game? If I want to take my kids to the Red Sox game, I better set aside like fourteen hundred bucks. <laughs> I actually saw nuts. people on Facebook uh, saying, "Oh, I'm going to see Hamilton," and other people commenting, "How are you doing that? It's like yeah. a, a month salary to go." Well, oh, it's like, do you want to go to Disney or do you want to go see Hamilton? Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. do you want to spend? Like, what do you want to do? Three honey? hours in the theater or a week in yeah, Florida? Yeah. <laughs> no, so if you got the money, by all means, go oh, and see I'm it. Oh, I'm saying, but I'd rather. Gotta see I'd it. rather see. 10 P-Pack shows, you know? Personally. I'd rather sit in a dark movie theater for three hours yeah. watching Star Wars than, you know, just for nine bucks. One through seven, just back to back to yeah, back to yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, trust me, I get it. And then go buy an Xbox. <laughs> Play it's, a game based on a movie state, you just watch. And then still have money left over. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's I, crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't pay that. I mean, even if I had it, I think I'd feel, I might feel dirty after. If I had, like, if I had, like, Fuck you, money as they call it. I would be like, yeah. I'd be seeing it two, three times a week. Yeah. But I don't have anything. But we close have to that. kids. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, last show I brought my son to see was uh, Disney on Ice. That's that's about as ritzy as we're getting these yeah. days. <laughs> Even that can get costly. Yeah. You know, you're gonna pay for anything you see live, live theater. As soon as they want memorabilia, and it's oh, you gotta get twenty the, bucks. You gotta for get the flashing lights and the cup with yeah. the shaved ice in it and the food and oh, oh yeah. Uh, I feel you. Now that I got a second kid, it's going to be double, double the pleasure, double the fun, double the expense. Double the pain. So my kids will not be going to see Hamilton or anything of its like anytime soon, uh, nor will myself. And which is too bad, because like I said, I, I, I don't get to New York often, but when I do go, I would love to see some of these great new shows. I mean, there's all these shows out there, um, Something Rotten and... Um, Every other show, Matilda. Matilda was supposed to be a great show. I would love to see this stuff, but it's I, like I if wish, those ticket prices are going up and up. I just I, can't. I wish stuff made it to Boston sooner. You know, like Boston Opera House is great. Well, you figure, it's, however, it's massive. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's actually pretty easy to park. Uh, there's a ton of restaurants and walking distance, <laughs> right, right, right. and and it's a great it's a great theater. Mm. You know, and everything I've seen there has been great. You know, I saw Wicked there. Uh, now, when it comes to Boston, is it the touring company that's coming through? Yeah. 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 So sometimes you're not getting the stars that were on Broadway. Yeah. You're going to get the target. But still, I'm sure it's just as equally good. It's going to oh, be an yeah. amazing performance. They're all, they're all professionals. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gonna, you know. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to... Sometimes you gotta wait until we get fuck you money. And then once we got that, well, this podcast, boom, I'll be making it rain be, on Hamilton. Be paying us to go see Hamilton. <laughs> oh, Phil Jack. Yeah, that probably never happened. Oh, that's funny. But, Speaking of Hamilton, uh, as I brought it up, I just had to get that off my chest because when my wife told me six hundred dollars a ticket, a ticket that's for one person to go and see it. So like me and my wife going to see it, that's and yeah. You, and you get to stay over. Right? You're not going to drive four hours. Well, you could, out. but that's a that lot of driving. Suck. Or take the train or something. Suck. Oh, it's a long day. You really got to stay a long over day. make it a night. So you're, you're talking a good yeah. $2,000. Uh, Easy. Two-day weekend there. And that's if you don't go and eat or do anything else. Yeah. You don't go shopping. Well, the, you don't do nothing. There's McDonald's in New York. Yeah. Dude, they'll nail you like double what you'll pay in your hometown <laughs> to eat at McDonald's. We went to... Uh, we went to a but it's TGI the same French fries that Derek Jeter eats, you know. So. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's worth it. Right. It's worth I'll it. go to Taco Bell in Franklin and eat at the same place the Patriots eat at after a game at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, like I was saying, speaking of Hamilton, um, our guest, we have a guest on with us today. Um, he is here to talk about 
what he does in the theater. You know, we're, we're going to get into his background, what he's got going on now. He, I know, is a big guy who likes to go and see theater in New York. He's probably seen every show that's been on Broadway I recently. I think he's seen Hale. I think he might have seen, I think he's seen Hale. He's, he, seen, he's seen them all. He must have fucked so, you, money. Yeah, he's got, he's, someone's got to have it. And no, it ain't me. and no uh, kids. So with us today in the studio, welcome, John McElroy. How's it going? Welcome. A little long-winded. <laughs> yeah, you guys can talk, huh? Yes. Welcome yes. to the studio. This I'm... is we're actually in a new dig today. Um, you know, we're we're out of studio. We're in a location, not shoot because we're not videoing. Uh, I don't know what you would call it for sound, but yeah, we're we're in a we're in a, a small corner room basement. It's a little creepy. Spider webby in the ceiling. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm really it excited. It's to a be dungeon. Here. It is. It's a little bit of a dungeon, it's but a it's dungeon. quiet, and we're we're able to get together and chat because it's been so long. I'm yeah. so excited to be back at it. Yeah. So, John, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Good. I'm what? doing really good. I'm so excited to be here for. Uh, what did you say? This is episode one of season two. That is correct. Episode one of season two. We are back. We took a little hiatus, but we're in full swing. We have lots of fun stuff to talk about. I'm uh, so. I'm super honored to be your your first guest for season two. Well, don't be too honored. <laughs> <laughs> you are in a basement. I am in a basement. Um, I wasn't sure if maybe you're going to ask to wear my skin. When no, I was no, no, no. That's, that's, once that's, we're done, that's, that's what happens. Okay. Yeah, we save that for the end. Um, so I will say, I I don't have any fuck you money. Um, that <laughs> that I can find, but I, I was lucky enough to see Hamilton. Um, I saw it about three months ago, and I saw it even before it sort of catapulted to where it is now. I think we we got tickets just on the cusp. And so, if you don't um, mind me asking, when a show comes out like that, like starting prices, would they'd probably be lower than six hundred. So, so actually, the the ticket prices that that we're talking about that you're talking about now are not. Um, from the theater. So the, the theater doesn't actually have any tickets left to sell for the show. So what happens is people have gone out, they have bought any remaining tickets, and they're scalping them and selling Scalpers. them for two and three Scalpers. times the price. They're actually, I've seen tickets in the um, front row of the theater for $2,000. What? For one ticket. That's two grand insane. for one ticket. So the $600 ticket that you're going to buy, you're sitting in the back. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, in the back row of the theater. And that, no that's shit. legitimate. Yeah, it's it's insane. We paid about three hundred dollars a ticket, and that was crazy. Like That's, I couldn't believe we were paying that, but you know, it was one of those like I gotta see it, I gotta get there. It's more reasonable. I think three. I think three hundred, special occasion, something sure. I really want to yeah. see. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know. So now, is it as good as everybody says it is? It is. Yeah, it's um, good. I, I was a little skeptical. Mm -hmm. um, well, the premise to me is a little skeptical. I mean, it's a hip-hop. So yeah, it's, it's a hip-hop story about Alexander Hamilton and right. George Washington. You're sort of like, I don't really get it. And, <laughs> you know, so they're, they're really specific. The set specific. seems very minimal. The set is, is pretty I mean, min minimal. Um, you know, the big thing is that, so it's, it's all actors who are non-white who are playing the, these roles. And they were really specific about, um, you know, casting and sort of, it was a there was a, a reason you know for putting people who were not white in these roles that were all you know a bunch of old white guys right sure. um, and so I just didn't really know what to make of it I, I don't like to listen to music of a show before I go and yeah, see a show um, but it was just the buzz the buzz mm -hmm. the buzz the buzz and I did see that performance that was um, in front of the Grammys and it blew me away and um, I, we had already had the tickets and I was just so excited to go see it and I really. I have to say, the three hours that I sat in that theater, I couldn't move. You know, you could hear a dime drop in that space. Just what those actors were doing on that stage, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Wow. Um, they were just, they were so into what they were selling, and it was it was incredible. Can I ask a quick side question yeah. about theaters in New York? You've seen a lot of shows. I have. Are the seats more comfortable? No. 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 Let, let me say this. The seats fucking suck in New York. It's the worst. And I'm, I'm, I'm a fat guy. I'm a fat kid. So it's even worse yeah. to go and like so. And if you're sitting in the balcony, you oh, fucking yeah. better forget about it. Like, even like Pete Pack, my ass hurts after an hour. Uh -huh. We went to see Mary Poppins and we were up in the balcony and literally the seats leaned forward. I, I, I don't get, I'm not afraid of heights, but I was getting a little vertigo because I was leaning so far forward yeah, in this crooked like seat. I thought I was going to fall forward in the middle of the show. So crazy. I'll, I'll tell you a really quick story. <laughs> so we went to go see Hamilton. We ha we were sitting in the balcony. We had decent seats and we were literally, where we were, our knees were pressed right up against the wall, sort of like looking over one of the crevices where people would like walk into the balcony. Sure. Yep. It was so painful that we found two women in the last row of the theater who were sitting sort of on the aisle but with nothing in front of them, we switched our tickets. We took worse seats in the last to row of the theater to be able to, to wow. sit 
for three hours in that theater because it's it was crazy. it hurt it hurt yeah. so bad. Yeah. I was like, I can't do this. Three hours, you know. Good call. Good call. We went to see um, Lacage in New York, and we bought the tickets in New York. We didn't buy them online or anything like that. We went to the ticket booth, and the guy was giving us a deal. He was like, I got nitro mezzanine, and I was like, Holy crap, nitro mezzanine in New York. At the price I was paying, it was like maybe $120 a ticket. I was like, that's amazing. Let's take them. We walk into the theater. What he should have said was, I got mezzanine last row because there were only row. nine rows I in the it. mezzanine. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I totally get had. It was like, come on, you're killing me. He's good at his oh, job. Oh, he totally was good at his job. Yeah, he got me good. Oh, nitro mezzanine. So after after both of those stories, I'm never going to New York. To yeah, see it, but. but still, no, there was nothing uh, like there's it. Nothing I like saw it. Beauty and the Beast on Broadway yep. when it came out back in... God, when it first came out, I was in 95, college. 95, I think? Yeah, I was in college when that came out. That was a phenomenal show. Uh, the Father from Happy Days was the, Tom was the father. Yeah, he was great. Um, the show was just amazing. And then when I was in college, I got to go to New York, see a couple of shows. I saw How to Succeed in Business with Matthew Broderick. Phenomenal show. Uh, I saw some off-Broadway stuff. Uh, I saw The Heiress. I saw a couple other things. There is nothing like seeing a show in New York. But the thing is, like you said, it it's becomes an event. Uh, if you're not bus tripping it up and you're you're spending the night, it's yep. so costly. And we usually go up around the holidays. Yep. So my wife's trying to squeeze in the Rockette Christmas show. Plus we're hitting F.A.O. Schwartz and all the toy. You know, it's it's literally it's it's a circus to go up and. And spend that time, but you always gotta try to squeeze that one show in. Absolutely. Like when Spider Man was out, I would have killed to see Spider Man again with all the problems they were having. It's like, do you take the chance to spend all that money and and not get to see it? It's it just, it's unfortunate. But you're you're a theater guy. You love to go to the theater. I love going so, to the theater. Now, would you say you solely go to New York to see a lot in Boston, PPAC? Do you like to hit them all? Um, so we are season ticket subscribers to Broadway across America in Boston. Okay. Um, so we see everything that comes through to like you know the opera house the colonial um just this past christmas i actually did the uh, encore subscription for PPAC. Nice. um there were some shows coming that don't really get to go around a lot so i you know so we have tickets everywhere um but i actually counted recently i think in the last five years i've seen 36 shows on broadway wow and um, with uh, with my partner uh, Jeremiah, we've actually we've seen fifty three shows together um, in the last four years, well, and that's counted. I didn't even know there know, were that many that many shows out there. <laughs> we've seen a couple things twice. Yeah, yeah, sure, um, sure, sure, sure. But um, yeah, we, I love it. I, yeah. I live I live for the theater. I really do. I get um, just such a big kick out of going. I love taking people who haven't seen shows before. Mm. Um, you know, I put together like group trips for people. Yeah, to go I see that and see all things. the time online. I see um, you guys. I love it. I love for people to be able to experience live theater because I think there's nothing like it and not only do you like to go and see live theater you are involved in a lot of theater I am very involved in the theater <laughs> yes yes there are uh, there are some shows and stories so before we before about. we get into any of the current stuff because John was actually in our production of um, Mary Poppins which was? I think was the last show we worked together on it was um, before we get to that let's actually jump in the Wayback Machine and take us back to the beginning when did you get the the bug. When did you know that you wanted to do theater? Was it at a young age? Walk kind of walk us through how it began. So, um, my my family jokes. Um, everyone used to say, "Oh, that John, he's so theatrical," which we've learned later in life is always code. Like I think when people say theatrical, they were really going, "He's so gay." <laughs> um, but theatrical was the term that was used a lot. Politically correct. Politically, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so theater. Um, and so, you know, my, my grandfather was was an Irish tenor. Um, I I grew up, you know, you know, listening to him play the harmonica and sing. So I loved music. I loved to sing. Um, I think it was, I was in third grade. Um, and I was cast as the lead in a play called Seasons Greetings, um, which was... Was that an original? A, a, yeah, I know. I, so Dylan, I listened to Dylan's podcast about some of his really interesting uh, original productions. I see that's not on your resume. Well, so, you know, you, you get to a point where I think you start to, you know, knock off things off the resume. You're like, I don't think that anyone really cares about the show I did in third grade. No one cares if I was tree number one. Exactly. Well, no, so I was the lead. I was the postman. And I remember I didn't quite understand... Um, what a big deal it was. I remember the teacher sort of like had pulled me aside and said, this is this is really important. You have a really big job. And it, I'd never auditioned for anything. I'd never gone out. It sort of was just like, you're going to do this. And I think it was because I had such a big personality. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed. I, I, you know, the big personality <laughs> no. is still there. Um, 
And so I did the show and I just, I loved it. I loved being a part of it. Um, and so that sort of carried me through, um, you know, I did, you know, plays in school and it was, um, I went to a private middle school. And again, if, if anybody who's listening knows me, you'll, you'll appreciate this. <clears throat> we didn't have a theater program in my middle school. And so when I was in seventh grade, um, I asked if I could <clears throat> write an original play. And I did. I wrote an original educational play for the school. It was called Jake the Junk Food Junkie. I'll never forget it. <laughs> was um, it very theatrical? <laughs> uh, it was pretty theatrical. It was for, I think it was for like health class or something. Nice. But um, so I, of course, cast myself in the lead. And um, I, you know, cast all my friends. And the school actually let me put it on. And they liked it so much that they asked me to put together a musical review my eighth grade year, which, again, was basically the John McElroy show. <laughs> I picked songs from all my favorite musicals, you know, so like Phantom of the Opera, Aladdin. And I sang with all the girls that I was friends with. And I, I didn't want any of the other guys in the <laughs> school. Not that any guys wanted to actually do it. Um, and, you know, I had these elaborate, like, costume changes. And, you know, it was like in the the cafetorium of my middle school. I love and, uh, Yeah, it was a cafetorium. Yeah, one of those yeah. in my high school. And, uh, yeah, so I, I just put on, you know, put on my own plays. They And it was, it's crazy to me now thinking, like, that they just allowed this to happen. Right. Because um, I was a little bit of a tyrant. I was sort of a bratty kid. And, you know, it was this like, I'm going to... This explains a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so then, you know, from there, high school, I did all the theater in high school. I actually studied musical theater in college. So, um, okay, before we get to college, you're in high school, and you do... Um, um, you got a couple shows listed here I want to talk about. So, Seuss on the Loose. I'm assuming that's a, a version of Seussical. Okay. It isn't, actually. Um, Seuss on the Loose was before Seussical happened. And that was... So, that was for... Um, the Rhode Island, there's a, a drama festival, which okay. I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you there's it's usually an hour. You have an hour to do a production. We took four stories from Dr. Seuss and turned them into our own play. Oh, nice. um, with uh, with our you know director in high school, we created this. It was an original um, piece, you know, taking the stories of Dr. Seuss and sort of intertwining them, which is basically what Seussical went and did. Became, yeah. um, I say we did it first. So he inspired Seussical. Sure. I really think so I did. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I'm pretty well, sure. Do you remember what the four stories were? So it was the Lorax. Um, it was the Butter Battle book. It was... Um, Oh, Yertle the Turtle, and <laughs> I don't remember what the fourth one was, but we won. We won for Rhode Island. Oh, wow. We actually got to go on to and now the, this is in high school. This was high school, okay. so I went to St. Ray's, and um, so we won for Rhode Island, and we went to, I think, Vermont and traveled with um, schools from all over um, and got to showcase. That was nice. that was I a think really awesome too. experience. Well, I should I'm, he's like, I think, he doesn't yeah. get sued. I think Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> created uh, Seussical, was part of the creation. Oh, what's she really? So oh, I didn't maybe, know that. Maybe I'll have to you know, hey, email her, her up and be like, she doesn't have any money anymore. Yeah. She doesn't have any fucking she's, money? Is that what you're saying? She's not on Broadway. Yeah, watching no. anything on Broadway. No. She's not seeing Hamilton. Um, hmm. So you also did Into the Woods? I did. You were Jack? I was Jack. Um, so as I, I said now, previously... You? You're in high school, so what? I was a sophomore. So you're like I 16? I was 15, 15? Um, when we did Into the Woods because it went up um, right before Christmas, my sophomore year. Now, for high school, <clears throat> what kind of budget are we talking here? Is it? Is it... You look at it back, you look back and you're like, yeah, that was a high school show. <laughs> so to be honest with you... One of the reasons I went to the high school that I went to, I went to St. Ray's in Pawtucket. Um, I went there for their theater program. Um, they actually had a pretty awesome theater program. They didn't ha they didn't utilize the theater in the school. They actually rented out McVinney Auditorium uh, in downtown Providence. Um, so it was it was a pretty big space to be performing as a high schooler. And our director really he held us to a really high standard. Um, I remember the you know the juniors and the seniors who were in the show. It, it felt like a really special production. And you know Sondheim is is no joke. No, and um, did you do the full production? We did. We absolutely because there we were did no the junior full... shows back when we were nope, kids. There was they were either full productions or nothing. We did the full yeah. three hour production of show. Into the Woods, and I have to say I actually have it on video. And I watched it a couple <laughs> of years ago. I have it on a videotape. Yeah. Um, I watched That's, it a couple of years ago. For those of you listening, that would be a VHS tape. Yeah, how do you yeah. even play those? Yeah, <laughs> I mean a, I don't. Don't anymore. Actually, <laughs> don't even have the VCR anymore. So I have a tape, but I gotta, I gotta get it converted to digital. Um, it was, it was a good production. I really have to say, if you watched it now, I think you could go, huh? Those kids weren't, they weren't fucking around. Right, they right, really, right. they, they did a nice job. I'll tell you, some, some schools, I've seen some school productions, and you're like, I can't believe this is high school. 
It's it's amazing some of the talent that you Saint, can find. Uh, St. Ray's private school? It is. Yep. So they must at least have a budget for their theory. We did, program. yeah. I mean, it, we, we certainly had some money to play with. We, um, you know, maybe, you know, let's say it was like, you know, ten or $14,000, like, for the, you know, everything to get the rights to buy, you know, rent the space to do the sure. costume. So, I mean, you know, and that was, yeah. I mean, we're talking about 2000 and, uh, like, 2001, so, you know. Things weren't as expensive as they are now, I feel like. Right, right, right. yeah, probably. And then, of course, Oliver. Now, was that senior year? That was, was my senior year. Senior year. Um, and, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> Were you Oliver? Uh, yeah, right, can you imagine? No, so I... I Please, I, I, uh, <clears throat> man, some more. Yeah, big, big old me. Um, no, I played Fagin, and um, it was... It was an amazing, amazing experience. It was a role that I loved doing. Um, you know, obviously, I was 18 years old and, and playing someone who was much, much older. Um, but I, I was really proud. I was proud of that role. And um, sort of just to, to say, um, about a week ago, I was actually just cast in a, a new production of Oliver where I am playing Fagin again. So I'm sort of coming, oh, coming full, circle. full circle. Yeah, it's really exciting. That's crazy. You're going to be full <clears throat> circle with that. Um, so... You get out of high school now. Do you go to Do you go to college? I did. I went. Did you go to um, so I went to Hofstra, um, Hofstra University on Long Island, um, or Long Island, as they might say <laughs> there. And um, I went right into their musical theater program, um, and it was such a different world, you know. So you sort of like think about, you know, you from Rhode Island, okay? So now you go to this place where you know we're twenty minutes outside of New York City. The people there who are studying are pretty cutthroat. The you know you see the shows that the college is putting on, you think like, oh my God, this is legit. This is professional, um, and it's just it's a whole other world. It's a it's a new ball game, and it's 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 intimidating. Um, but I certainly will say that I learned a lot. I didn't actually do um, four years there. Mm -hmm. I, I was only there for two. Um, so the time that I was there, I feel like I I learned quite a bit, um, and I, I really I hold my uh, my time there in very high regard. I think it, it taught me some really great lessons and started you know learning some of the tricks of the trade. So now, <clears throat> you, when you go to college, is your mindset that this is what I want to do? I want to be in theater. Like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna make it big, and someday I'll be singing. Hamilton on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, right. is um, that a, that's is that absolutely the what I thought. Right. Yeah, there yeah. was there was actually there was no doubt for me um, that I was going to go to New York and I was going to you know study and then I was going to move into the city and you know life actually then happens and and things sort of um, develop and you know I ended up leaving school because we had a, a family tragedy and I you know had planned to go back and then it just didn't really work out um, you know so it just sort of. It, it changes, and I, you know, I'm still acting, and st I'm still doing theater, but I don't necessarily feel like I need to go to Broadway. You know, hey, if right. I'm 50 and you know I'm still doing it, and someone sees me somewhere, <laughs> I, I'm certainly not going to say no. But it, it, it is not my uh, my end all be all so dream at this when point. when you leave when you leave New York, um, you come home. Yes, you come back to Rhode Island. Uh, and what do you do? You, you, you do you attend CCRI? Because I see you doing some shows so there. So it was actually. Um, it was a really difficult transition. Um, so you imagine, you know, being in New York, you're in this amazing place. I literally was in the city every single weekend. I saw a show every single mm. weekend um, to go back to Rhode Island. It, it hits hard. Mm. Um, and it really, it, it took me a little while to adjust to life back back in the slow lane. Um, and so I, I did some work at, um, at CCRI, studied there. Um, I did get involved with their theater program. Um, and again, I, I definitely feel like I learned some some great things. You know, Bert Silverberg, um, who I feel like has taught everybody in this state See, who's I, involved in I theater. I took classes uh, with Bert um, Silverberg myself. You know, Absolutely. everybody, everybody yeah, knows Bert. Everybody knows Bert. And uh, I, I learned. I felt like I, I learned some really great things from him as well. Um, you know, I think it's all about perspective and, and sort of just appreciating that you're getting to be involved in the theater, no matter where you are. You right. know, whether it's at CCRI or you're in Manhattan or you're in you know Tulsa. You know, Oklahoma, whatever. Right, you're doing it. Um, so I don't notice. I, I don't recognize. I should say some of the, these titles. The universe made simple. That um. So um, that was, I don't. It wasn't Durang, um, but it was sort of an absurdist uh, piece. 
um, straight play, non-music. They, they do a lot of that at CCRI, yeah. where you know every once in a while you'll see like a, a big name show, but mostly I, I'm seeing a lot of maybe not so recognized, but maybe popular in the theater community kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the sh the, some of the shows I did there I'd never heard of, mm. um, which I think sometimes can actually be really fun. Yeah, I think that's great. Going into it blind. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was an absurdist piece. It was a lot of fun. I sort of played um, not quite the bad guy, but almost the bad guy, mm -hmm. which is sort of something that I've really grown to love doing is is sort of putting on the uh, the villain shoes or in, in a hat. <laughs> um, but yeah. So while you're in school, whether it was high school or college. Now, are you just doing things at school? When do you get into that community theater um, realm? Like when do you kind of start switching over or start getting involved in? Because I know I did a lot of community theater while I was going to school because we didn't have that where I went. You know, my high school didn't have a theater program. So all the theater I did was community theater. Community, it was right. outside of that. Um, that's that's an awesome question, actually. So it was really once I came back to Rhode Island, um, I, I was feeling, you know, yes, I was doing some work at CCRI, but I felt like something was missing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really when I, I started to explore community theater and, and local productions and finding out what people were doing. And I think um, the first thing I did... Uh, I'm not looking at my resume, but I think it was with Mill River uh, Dinner Theater. Okay. Um, you know, which I actually was paid. I was paid to act, which was like this unbelievable experience. I think, you know, maybe they gave me $250 for like a month run, nice. but, you know, it was, it, anything, I was being paid to act. To get, yeah. It was, yeah. 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 When it's all said and done. It was Absolutely. an awesome, that, that was great. It was yeah. a great experience. Um, so I see you go over from now coming out of CCRI, your resume changes a little bit more into. Um, community players in North Kingston. Um, what else do we have here? M yeah, Mill River, quite a bit there. Hasbro players in Bristol. So that's community theater also. Yep, that was all community. Um, so the you know the uh, Mill River, um, the uh, Harborside players. Those were again. So they were um, I was, they were paid gigs. Right. Um, you know they they were not. It was not. I was not making millions by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but they were they were paid gigs and so they were. Where were you, where were you living? I mean, were you doing a lot of traveling? I was doing. I so lived in Providence. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, anybody who lives in Rhode Island knows that driving from Providence to Bristol, you you know, you probably should pack a lunch. <laughs> um, if I remember that summer, my family we have a little place on the Cape, so I was actually doing a lot of driving from the Cape to Bristol, um, and that the theater was really very poorly attended. So like, you know, I'd be driving to do these shows for like maybe 15, 20 people, right. and you know, it's. <laughs> you put a lot into it, and it's it's a very humbling mm. experience when you're you know you're putting all of this mm. into it, and there's 20 people sitting in that audience, and you still got to give them a show. But sometimes that that 20 person yeah, audience yeah. is one of the better audiences no you've probably ever had. No doubt about because it. They're very attentive, and they're just. So how did you find these like these smaller? theater companies? Um, I actually think it was, um, there was an, a notice in the, the Providence Journal um, when I first um, worked with Mill River. Um, they they had put an open audition out when people huh. were still reading the newspaper. <laughs> and uh, somebody said, hey, you should check this out. And I did. And that was actually, um, that was the first time I worked with uh, Janet Pettibone, who's now Janet okay. O'Hare, yes. who came later to work with sure, sure, Encore. Sure. Um, and so meeting her, that's how I sort of got involved with um, Harborside. And um, you know, it, then it became really a, a matter of connecting with people and, and finding out like sure. who's doing what next and sort of networking. Now doing all these different shows, um, are you making friends? Are you starting to do some shows with the same people? Or is it kind of like you meet new people every time? Um, I, I definitely, Definitely made some some friends who I, I'm still close with to this day. Um, you definitely would see a couple of the same faces, and then you know, then you get a whole new group, and that sort of went along that way. I think until I got to uh, the Stadium Theater, or you know, working with the Encore Repertory Company, um, which at that point it was very much a uh, a static group people that um, you know I've worked with now for like sure. six six years seven years. Well, before we roll into Encore, because we talk about Encore a lot, <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break, All right. and then we'll come back and we'll dive right into how I met John, and uh, we'll <laughs> go from there. <laughs> we'll be right back. The Encore Repertory Company presents Miss Saigon. May 6th and 7th at 7.30 p.m. and May 8th at 2 p.m. Miss Saigon is presented by the Encore Repertory Company at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Make sure to get your tickets today. And we are back talking to John McElroy about all of his wonderful endeavors 
in the community <laughs> theater. Uh, actually, you know, now that we're getting into it, um, I've actually known John quite a while now. Uh, he came to Encore in 2010, so it's only been six years, right? I feel like years? it's... I feel like it's been a lot longer. It like it's a lot longer than that. <laughs> it's but. funny, yeah. like, uh, I'm looking at some of these shows, and I remember you in these roles, and I look and I go, that was five years ago? I know. It's crazy. Oh. I, anytime I think back about shows, I'm like, that was 2005? Wow, it was 11... Yeah, it's crazy. Really? It's crazy how time flies. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have thought it was longer than six years. Yeah, That's just crazy. Too. But you know what it is? We do so much. Yeah. It's like we see each other all the time, so it just feels like it's so much longer. So how did you come to find uh, Encore, and how did you get involved with us? So um, someone had sent me a notice that Encore was going to be doing Rent. Um, and Rent was on my bucket list. You know, It was the first thing I saw on Broadway, and I thought, like, i got to get in that show. And so I found out that they were also auditioning for A Christmas Carol. And to be honest, I didn't really give a shit about doing A Christmas Carol. <laughs> but my thinking was, if I came out to the company and I, and I auditioned for a show and they did a good job, then they, maybe like there'd be some nepotism and they would consider casting me for Which rent. Which is not the case at yes. Encore. No, <laughs> I've, I have learned that. But this is, you know, I, me thinking like, all right, I'm, this is what I'm, this is my master plan. This is how you plan. get into a theater company. Yeah, sure, I was, I was I certain you. that I that's how you. that was going to work out. And um, as I'm sure Fred will, will tell the audience, uh, after my first show with Encore, I, I thought it was actually going to be my last. So um, we'll, we'll It should have been. It, it, yeah, it absolutely should have been. I won't, I won't disagree with you. Um, so, the Christmas Carol in 2010. Do we remember who directed that? I sure do. It was Kevin Tebow. That was the Kevin Tebow show. That was the Kevin Tebow show. We've actually talked about this Christmas Carol in the past. He got bounced, right? Well, no. Kevin Tebow... I've said this before and I'll say it again. I never had a problem with Kevin Tebow. I liked him. He was a nice guy. Kevin Tebow was trying to direct a show for himself. And the problem was... He couldn't do that. He had to direct a show for a, a family, large, public audience, and a lot of the stuff he was doing was little jokes for him. Uh, I understood that, but I was like, dude, you can't do that. So I actually had to step in and help him. He didn't leave, which we thought was going to be the case, because in the past, we've had to remove directors, because, you know, if, 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 if it's not up to snuff, you got to do what's best for the show. Um, this was one of those instances where the directors were getting concerned. Uh, they asked me to come in and help out, and we, I made some changes, um, but I never put my name on that show. It was always his show, even though I did make a lot of changes to it. Yes. Um, I, I, don't, I don't remember him... I mean, I came in at the end, so right. But I, I don't remember him being involved as as much at that point, anyway. Well, he was he was very agreeable. There. Anytime we had to make changes or anything yeah. like that, I think he was just happy to kind of be going along for the ride. He absolutely was. He was yeah. a sweet, sweet yeah, kid. He was a, he was nice, a guy. nice guy. But he had no problem with any of the because I I remember this well. It was sort of like, <laughs> all right, so we've got a director, and all of a sudden the director's not directing, and this other guy comes in who's sort of a hard ass, but he's getting the so job it, done. Is that your first impression of me coming in? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, are you kidding me? It was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Hard-ass prick. Uh, yeah, yeah hard-ass was, was my first thought, and uh, I was I was definitely a little intimidated the so, first time I met you. You'll probably be able to tell the story better, but there was a moment where I had to crack the whip, or, or I think it was Kevin wanted to do something, and I, I told him no, under no circumstances could he do what he wanted to do, and my wife happened to be there. Do you remember what you said to her? Oh, you have to you have to remind me. Yeah, I don't think you realized I was her husband yet. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was something along the lines flaw. of that man just pulled his dick out and smacked him in the mouth with it. <laughs> I, I did say that. I could, I actually think I pulled that out of my Yeah. Yeah. She came home and told me that I was fell on the floor. Like, I didn't know where you were yet. I thought that was fantastic. I was like, I don't remember it quite like that, but uh, uh no, it, that totally was the case. <laughs> now, now that you're refreshing my memory, that's exactly what happened. That's oh. that's a great John line that uh, yeah. always resonates with me. But no, it was the, the show needed some help, and I kind of just stepped into. And you did great out. things for the show. Yeah, I, I really I mean, have to say, you know, cleaned a, up some areas that really needed it. And... A Christmas Carol is not my favorite show in the whole world. I I I love the the message behind it, but I do feel like it tends to be a little bit long, no matter who's doing it. Right. Um, and I thought you came in and made some some great changes, and I, I was proud to um, I was proud to be a part of it. You know, when all was said and done, I think we put on a good show, and I think you know you you really did help that quite a bit. 
well, I, I do my best, you know, and, and, it, and it was unfortunate because, one, I think I had just done a big fall show, so I wasn't supposed to be doing anything, so I kind of stepped in to help out with that, and then, of course, once that show was done, um, the spring show, which was rolling around, was rent, and I had no intentions on being involved in that, and we'll, we'll get to what happened with that. Um, so... Christmas Carol, you played a bunch of people, right? You were a right. caroler, and you were uh, a wealthy man, businessman. Um, so you 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 wear a lot of different hats in your first show. Slash, I just want to say this before you tell this story. I was also the Fred understudy, which okay. I was given the week before the show went up. <laughs> literally, literally not even seven days before the show. We had an emergency with uh, Mike Harrison, who was right. playing Fred, right. and he could not be at our youth show. That's right. And so the, the, the producers um, came to me That's and said, right. listen, we need you to learn this part. We want you to do this for the school show. So I just want to say that I had a lot in my mind, and I was <laughs> really concerned about nailing Fred, which I thought was a far more important role than the other small little parts oh. that I was given. Okay? I just want to say that out loud. End excuse. <laughs> and yes, it's an excuse. Yeah. But I want to say it out loud. And it's an excuse for what? Hmm. What, what are we well, covering? I, I, all I heard was all the other roles are little and unimportant. <laughs> well, and that's I'll, what I'm going to take from that. All right. So you want you want me to tell the story? I'll let you tell the all story. Right. So tell us what you did. So it's our um, or did it do? It didn't. What I didn't do. So um, we have our Saturday show. And so now, mind you, this is, you know, my first time working with this company and I've made all these great friends and I really love everybody. And so I decide that I am going to write individual thank you cards to every single person in the company. Which is like the nicest yeah, thing you can so do. Yeah, so nice. So I'm down in the dressing room, which, you know, it's new to me. The dressing room's under the stage. I'm writing my thank you cards and I'm really putting a lot of thought into them. And I'm sort of like realizing like, yeah, I probably have a scene coming up. Like I need to get up and get on stage. No, we had a TV monitor. You in the did have a TV monitor. Monitor, which so you could see what was going on, but we don't usually put sound no to sound. it, so it was just um, a visual. And I certainly didn't look at that monitor, not for one second, <laughs> um, being honest here. And so so I get my stuff together and I march on upstairs to go on stage, and I realize that my scene partner for the scene that I'm supposed to be in is walking towards me, as in the scene has gone on without me in it. So John missed his entrance. I missed, missed my entrance. I just yeah. missed the whole scene. So I... I, I, the way I remember it was you were probably like sitting under the stage with your feet up, you know, like maybe like, like, uh, you know, reading, uh, playing on your iPhone or something, you know, it's far more nefarious. But I do remember I was at the, sitting at the soundboard and missed it, and you're like fuming, and I'm like, oh, that's the last we'll see of him. Actually, yeah. I don't even think I was there. You for weren't. That. Who was your I mother? Was there. Oh, Anna. it was Anna. Anna. Was Someone was Fred's pissed. Mom yeah, I was, was fuming. She, oh, yeah. I, I immediately started like I was like shaking. I didn't know what to do. I thought I was gonna burst into tears. And then Anna, our producer, comes flying at me, and she's like, "What have you done? What did you do?" And I just, you know, I'm apologizing, apologizing. I'm so sorry. And in my head, I'm thinking like, "Well, you know, I'll never work here again." Um, cut to our Sunday show. <laughs> Um, which, so now, you know, so I've made this which horrible again, mistake. Which again, I am not at. Um, once. Yeah, so, so I've made this really horrible mistake, right? So what, you know, actor who considers himself to be somewhat of a professional, you know, he's learned his lesson. So this, nothing like this will ever happen again. Well, Except it, for on Sunday. Except for on Sundays. <laughs> the very next the day. Very next day um, I was trying to finish my thank you cards. And I, um, this will teach you. find myself walking up the stairs to go for that exact same scene, and I've missed it again. <laughs> um, so, two, so two, wait a minute. In that instance, it was the businessman scene, right? What? Um, it was uh, Christmas Future, and it was Brad, Crazy Brad, who was a really nice guy. Um, what are you talking about? Who uh, we like, we're talking about. Scrooge and like sure. you know yeah it's the tall man, man, man with handkerchief yeah, 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 yeah. the man who likes to eat lunch those exactly guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah 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 that was the scene <laughs> so he does this twice I did it twice and he's thinking you know these guys are never gonna have me back that should have been however end it should have been well here's, well here's the thing I hear of the story and I again I don't know John very well yet so I'm like who the hell is this guy he misses two scenes that's crazy well rent rolls around. The cast of Rent. <laughs> now, not my show. Had it been my show, I would have been very leery. I'd have been like, oh, this guy misses scenes. Who puts him on stage? Um, come to find out, they're giving him another shot because he auditions for Rent. Now, Rent is a huge show. Everybody knows Rent. Who directed Rent? 
Well, let's let's talk about that. It was supposed to be um, John. John, um, yes. Uh, I can't think of his last name. I was going to say John Roberts, and then I realized that we're that's, sitting that's with John, John Roberts. Roberts. Uh, uh, um, that's the Brennan. John, John Brennan. Brennan. Yes, yes, we, yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah. talked about yes. him uh, in Rent before. Uh, but just what happened was um, now. Well, actually, let's 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 find out from the actor's perspective. So you you start you starting on this show. Well, right, and so I I will say so going through my head, it's it's a miracle that I have been cast in another production in this company, <laughs> and also yeah, it it's is. a miracle because I I've said you know you're listening, but I'm a pretty big guy, and Rent is a you know a show about people who are like dying from AIDS, and I always sort of they're felt, hungry and they're starving. They're hungry and starving, <laughs> and I look like maybe I've eaten two of them. Is sort of how I you know really yeah, but the role you were cast it. in yes it was worked perfect. it was perfect. It was, it was um, you know, I wasn't necessarily one of the the starving. You know, I played some of the the up, more uppity characters. He was um, a homeless, I, which was my favorite, part. and I was homeless, <laughs> which was great. Um, but I was eating a lot of McDonald's trash as a homeless person, so mm -hmm. that you know explains Get you big. Big. yeah, Get that's why I'm big. Um, so you know, so we're working with this this director who, again, it's brand new. I've you know never worked with this director before. Um, I think he was new to the company, and he sort of had this. Um, he had a vision for the show that I think we were all a little bit uh, leery of. You know, we had talked about doing, doing like a really sparse set and like a lot of like black boxes, and we were sort of just like, okay, yeah, we, you know, we, we're we gonna talking about how we almost lost the set builder because of that. Yeah. We, you know, we're gonna go along for the ride, um, and then again, all of a sudden, in the middle of our production, Fred Fortier, here he comes again. No, no before I get uh, to that, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta say this one other thing. So. The only thing I really know of John is the fact that he was the guy in Christmas Carol who missed the scene twice. Uh -huh. So I happened to stop by one of the rent rehearsals before I took it over. And I don't know if I was visiting my wife because my wife was there for some reason or whatever. And I happened to be there at the start of the rehearsal. And all I remember is John was running a little late. And he comes bursting through the door trying to get into, into the rehearsal space. And I saw him. And without even skipping a beat, I made a comment like, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was like, hey, it was nice of you to at least make it for this. Something in the vein of, hey, I know you yeah, missed yeah. your scenes in Christmas Carol. Nice of you to show up for this. He looked me dead in my eye and he went, fuck you, Fred. He walked right by me. And I was like, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm in stitches. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. You went all huffy puffy into rehearsal. I ended up leaving. I was on my way out the door anyway. But I was like, this guy must think I'm a fucking asshole. I'm this big prick. Cut to a few months later. Here I come walking into rehearsal. Oh my God. I'm taking over. Yeah, that was a scary day. But uh, so as an aside, we need to have a, an episode at some point that explores John Brennan and the use of like minimalist sets. Oh, that was, like, I, dude, that was his even, thing. I can't even wrap my head around that. Remember Charlie Brown? Yes, Fuck. I designed the set for Charlie Brown. But he wanted like he wanted. We were fighting he, because yeah, he all said he wanted was, was a big. box. He yeah. wanted just a box. That's all he wanted for Rent. And he wanted Snoopy to that's just wear wear wanted. a hat with ears. Yep, it's all he, that's all he wanted for for Rent. We're he literally save that wanted for a couple a small discussion. boxes and a whole episode. That it, a it's set a set design episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring in a set designer. and We'll figure out how that works. <laughs> but uh, I gotta say, all the insanity aside, having to replace the director and coming in. Uh, Rent was an amazing show. You were great in it. Um, the Megan's choreography was phenomenal. Uh, that was, and I didn't know the show. I mean, I knew of it. I knew there was a movie. I knew it was about people dying of AIDS and stuff like that. But I didn't really know the show. And I'm not a director who likes to go and watch material. Um, I, I read the script and I was like, yeah, okay, I can I can do some stuff with this. Uh, I did the whole show and then once I was done blocking the whole show, I actually went and watched the movie. I hated the movie yeah. because the play is just so much better. Uh, my cast was amazing. I, I mean, I still remember that the the scene with the red, oh, the, 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 and then the following with yeah. uh, was it Mike Harrison, yes, son? oh my, singing god. the song after like, Angel sir, dies. You could oh not, my god, you could not tear up. We got a real coffin. We we, we borrowed yeah. it from a, a funeral ball so we could have that. It was horrible. Oh, it was so awful. sad. It just, oh my with, god. And the Blocking, you know, not not to suck my own dick here, but to, but, but, but to the, the way we had it blocked was, you know, Mike was in the middle with the casket, and then all the ensemble were kind of like in two bowling pyramid shapes, and they would slowly turn as the song progressed, yeah. and just Mike hitting that high note. Oh my God, it gave you chills every night. It was so good. Ask him, really ask Megan Bruno about my heaving shoulders, my crying heaving shoulders uh, in that scene, because you were trying to, you know, really hard to be <laughs> right? serious, and I was very moved, and Megan was standing right behind me watching me heaving up and down, and I think it really took her out of the scene a little bit. Wow. That's one of the That's things crazy. we still talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it was, I mean, when as an actor, 
character or you're in that moment yeah. and you just you just let it take you and uh, it was just that was Powerful. such a good show it was and, and, and that was one of my favorite shows I mean if I had like a, a top list that was that's definitely up in the top maybe seven of uh some of my best, some of my favorite. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing it was to be a part of. It was a great. It really show. was. It was a great show. Uh, so after Rent, you know, you go on and you end up doing a lot more with Encore. You're Max Bialystock when we do the producers. Um, that was a fun show. Again, that was one of those shows. Uh, I just really kind of helped with some of the tech stuff. But other than that, uh, that was that was that was a great show. Uh, and I love, you know, I it was love pretty une- uneventful for many type of. Drama. Oh, oh no, there was oh, a lot oh, of drama. Right, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> There's like and drama in every the, show, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot. Of, matter of fact, you knew the director yes. very well. She was yeah. a good yes. friend of yours, yep. and um, her. I don't know if it was her husband or her yep. boyfriend at her the husband. time. They were kind of doing things together, but we really didn't know what he was doing or what he was supposed to be doing so things weren't getting done so again I had to come in and kind of help out a little bit I don't remember all the details but I just know Muriel ended up going into the hospital yeah. because she couldn't take the stress. It was just insane. There was some tension. Was that show? Oh, well, yeah, it was crazy. And my, mother, huge. my mother had to come in and help with the producing because, yeah, Muriel was having a hard time with it. And it's just a big it's a show. Giant we had show. rented or purchased some of the set pieces, mm-hmm. so we were having problems making that work, and the costumes, the costumes were just are insane. Um, Remember a lot of sweaty people in that show. Oh, oh my god, yeah. the sweaty people in every yeah. show. But that I, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely one of those sweaty people. Yeah, sitting definitely, here. definitely. Well, um, you had all the like, that fast. Song, oh my god, betrayed. Which is insane. Which is, I think, to this day, I mean, it's one of my, I think, greatest <laughs> stage accomplishments. The, honestly, producer, that's, that's, is that the one with with Big Jewel? No, and that's Jewel. Guys and Dolls. Oh, Guys and Dolls. Oh, right. yeah. Big Jewel. Yeah. Yeah. That? He was a oh. sweaty bastard. Uh, oh my god, you, you're talking about the Summerstock production. Yeah. No, John wasn't in that when we did that. No. But we have a future guest coming on who was in that, and I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> we'll get him talking that. about that. Um, I would just like to point out from from not making my entrances to leading, uh, starring in the producers. I felt like you know I really <laughs> I, I, came, I came a long time. way in a short so time. He owes John Brennan for his second chance. I think I do. Yes. So yes. if John Brennan's yes. listening, I, I say you, thank he you. He owes you thank a cheeseburger. You, John Brennan. And there you go. Yeah. Now wow, here's the thing, though. Had I cast that show, it would have been. A t- it, I, I, I won't show. say it would have been a totally different cast, but there would definitely been yeah. some changes. Yep. Uh, absolutely. He probably still would have been in it. I don't know what capacity, um, but there would definitely have been some changes yeah. in the yeah. casting of that show. Even though the show ended up being amazing. Absolutely. It was fantastic. Everybody did does a great job, but yeah, you go on, you do producers, which was a great show. Um, playing opposite Aiden, I think that was Aiden's first yep, show with that us. Was Aiden's first show uh, with you us. guys That's together, right. hysterical. It was it was fun, and I love uh, Mel Brooks. His work is just hysterical. Um, you know, even though who was it? Um, Gene Wilder and uh, Marcel, uh, Zero Marcel, Zero Marcel, mm-hmm. who did the was it? It was original, the original, the original the movie, movie, right? Yep. Yeah, they did the film version of it, and then of course Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick sure, did it on Broadway. on Broadway. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so for for and again, that was one of those shows where I knew of it. I had known of the movie, but I didn't know of the musical aspect of it. Phenomenal. I mean, Springtime for Hitler. Oh my god. Hysterical. And that was another one. I did not even see that movie until after that show was and done. And that's okay. The movie, honestly. Um, is, and again, the, it's not I, great. I I love the show more. And yeah. I find that a lot of the times. Um, so you do the producers. Um, you now you don't just stay at Encore. You go off and you're doing some other things as well. I see. Um, uh, what's this amazing things art center? So that's actually I, you know the so that oh, I Garden. owe I owe that to Encore. Um, so Jeff Kimball, um, who came out uh, and musical directed some of our shows, yep. um, had called me and asked if I'd be willing to come and uh, come up. Rent was the first show. So Rent, Rent yes. was the show we worked first show on. I worked with him. Um, and um, he was directing uh, The Secret Garden in Framingham. Um, and it was not a show that I knew very well. I knew a little bit of the music. I knew it, you know, it's this beautiful um, piece. It's definitely a little more serious. Um, and he asked if I'd be willing to come out and audition. So um, Aiden, who was in The Producers, uh, myself, Amanda Palmer, uh, who was Eponine in our production of Les Mis, um, Brittany Dyer, and uh, Johnny Vento, a little group of encore people, um, actually went out and we auditioned for The Secret Garden. Um, and myself, Aiden, and Amanda all ended up being cast in the show. Um, and it was it was about an hour drive for yep. me. Um, you know, going that was in Westboro, wasn't it? That was in Framingham. Framingham. Okay. It was in Framingham. Um, it was a hike, <clears throat> but it's actually the show that led me to uh, to meet my fiance, um, which is called you know sort of an awesome story. Look back on that. It's and, amazing uh, how. We've all met 
our significant others in theater. Yeah. And it's really funny that, that so much of that happens, you know, which is it's fantastic. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was an awesome experience. And then um, I think the other show that you see that was um, outside of Encore in these last six years, it was a secret garden again. Um, Jeff directed it with another company, uh, still about an hour away, and said, listen, you don't even have to audition. I want you to play Neville again, which is the villain who gets to sing Lily's sure. eyes. And um, it was a role that it meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I was willing to go out and Were do it again. Were the only one of the original um, group of friends I was. I was the only one from the original production who had gone sure. out to do this um, this second production of the show. Uh, it was definitely um, it was not the same. Uh, this the the theater. You know, it was sort of a rundown community theater. Mm -hmm. um, it was fun. You know, I met some nice people, sure. um, but it certainly was no uh, stadium theater, which is just you know spoiled the hell out of me. You know, well, I hate working. You've, you've also gone on. You've done. Um, you were in Legally Blonde. You were Professor Kellyanne. Yeah. Um, you were in Les Mis. Yeah, twice. Uh, twice. Twice when we yeah. did it both times, um, and then uh, most recently. You were actually uh, you, JCS. You did Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, yeah, you did that in right. between the the two big layman shows, um, which was another phenomenal show. We've talked about that on the on the podcast. Did you play somewhere else as well? Right, you played. Uh, so, uh, so, so tell, yeah, tell that story. All right, a great story. So <laughs> I was so I I went out to audition for um, another company that was doing layman's, and so my my theater you know my theater bucket list the role of Javert is something that I I just desperately want to play. You know, my voice really sits well. Um, there and it's just it's something I want to do and you know I didn't I didn't get to play Javert when we did it with Encore um, so I saw another company was doing it and I said you know what I'm gonna go out and it, it was in Connecticut so again like a 50 minute drive <clears throat> and I decided literally a half an hour before I went to audition that I was gonna do it so I drive out to Connecticut and it's literally like the end of the night for the auditions I was number 116 wow. And I was, I was the last yeah. person yeah, yeah. to audition, and I sang stars. Um, you know, I you know I don't always necessarily sing a song from the show, but I really was gunning hard for this. So he sang stars. The director pulls me aside and he says, "Listen, could you sing Bring Him Home?" And um, you know, it's a real, it's a high tenor, and I was like, "Well, I mean, yeah, I, I could probably sing it." So you know, I'm standing next to the pianist and I'm singing Bring Him Home, and I go to stop, and he's like, "No, no, no, keep going, keep going." So I sing all of Bring Him Home. <laughs> Um, at this audition. That's kind of unusual to be yeah, at an audition. Absolutely. Single, to sing the leading characters in the whole full song. song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. it was nerve-wracking. Um, and so now in the back of my head, I'm like, are, is he like possibly considering offering me Valjean? You know, I would, I'm not a Valjean. That doesn't make sense. So I have like all these conflicting emotions happening. And um, so the next day I got a phone call from this director and he offered me the role of Jean Valjean. And if I was smart, I would have said, thank you so much but no, and instead, my ego was like, are you kidding? You just got asked to play Jean Valjean and Les Mis. You gotta do this, and so like, so I said yes, and now I started working with this company. It was a really short uh, rehearsal schedule. Um, it was also a really intensive rehearsal schedule. You know, yeah, they were it like, was four, like five nights a week. Five nights they? a week, yeah, crazy. Um, about five an hour away, away That's crazy. Um, each way, and about, about a, not even a full month in, um, I came to the realization that it just, it was not the right role for me to be playing. Um, and I had to, I stepped away. I felt like I couldn't, in the time limits that we had, I did not feel like I was going to be able to get my voice to exactly where it needed to be to play that role and to honor that show. And so instead I, I actually walked away, which is, you know, it's... That's hard to do. It's really, really hard, hard to, to do. do. And yeah, you know, yeah. again, you know, you think about your ego, mm -hmm. but I felt like it was the right thing for that production. Um, you know, I gotta say, that's actually a very responsible thing as an actor to do, because, I mean, I, how many times have you seen a show where someone's cast in a role and you're like, ooh, they should not be playing that part. Yeah. If that actor was smart enough to say, you know what, I shouldn't be doing this, you need to get somebody else, it would have been that much better for the right. production. So, you know, if that's how you felt in your heart, then that's the right choice to make every time. And, I, I and I, you know... 
And it's not like you, you, you left said, him hanging the you, night before. You said yeah. it before, and from from one big guy to another, <laughs> singing about starving and stealing a loaf. <laughs> <laughs> <You know, right? laughs> come on, come on! I'd be like, yeah. Sing, sing that again. <laughs> yeah, it would have been two four six zero one dash six three nine two eight seven three dash six one two eight four. Yeah, 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 big dude. Doesn't look like I'm starving that much for the bread. Um, no, and you know the other thing I was—I think I was hurting my voice. Um, you know, and I don't think that's worth it. No matter what you're doing, oh, yeah. you know, you can't—you mm-hmm. can't hurt yourself right. doing something. Yeah, no, right. Vocal nodes. Um, yeah. Hurt, so it just—it was—it was awesome. You know, I keep it on my resume um, because I'm really proud. I'm proud sure, that I was asked sure. to do it. Um, but was, you know, I, there's a, a notation that you I know, was wondering why they were. Yeah, three so you have an asterisk. Oh my god, there's like an asterisk on my right? resume. You did, you did a performance enhancing theatrical drugs. And now, <laughs> and now you have an asterisk now. Your, your, your title there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was it was an honor, um, but you know it wasn't the right thing. So you know, hey, we do what we got to do. But other, I mean, you still did a lot. I mean, you you were the big bopper in um, the Buddy Holly Buddy story. Show. High five um, for that one of my favorite roles yeah, ever. Yeah, I had a blast doing that. I, that's I unfortunately I would never got that. a chance to see that yeah, because we, having, we were having kids I, at the I, time. I, oh. I, one of us had to be home, so that was one of the shows where that my wife went, and I got to a lot of fun. I got to stay home. Uh, but then, lastly, you were Mr. Banks when we did Mary Poppins, and we we actually had Megan in here. We did a whole show talking to Megan yeah. about Mary Poppins. Uh, that was just a phenomenal show. It was a ride. Was, so was you were great awesome as Mr. Banks. Thank you. Um, I mean, you know, it's funny too because you look back at, at at our relationship, if you will, and and in the beginning it looked a little rocky. People would be like, "There's no way these guys are ever going to become friends." And it's funny because, and I've said this before, Fred as a director in director mode, he's not going to let you get away with anything. He's going to keep on you he's gonna he's gonna be all over you about doing the right thing whether it's being in your face about it or or just being very obtuse and direct to the point and but when we're at the house for christmas and we're all hanging around it's it's a totally different circumstances not a lot of people get to experience that yeah. uh, who i work with you know i know um i worked um donna gorham really hard for um mary poppins she played mrs banks i'm sure she's probably terrified of me but the thing is yeah. had we had that outer interaction she would have maybe been a little more at ease knowing that you know he's just he's in his director I mode think she probably still hates me she, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would have to get her in to find out <laughs> no so it's funny because so people know at this point that that we're friends right. um and so people would come to me and say like does fred hate me or you know like yes yes he does um or they'll say things like the answer is yes you you know fred right like you know what does this mean like when he says this and what people don't understand is that I I don't have any special <laughs> anything so you know we've been friends I mean we've been friends truly friends right. I would say for at least four you know oh, three definitely. or four years oh, definitely. you know we've worked together for longer but yeah, we've been yeah, truly yeah. been friends we so we just did Mary Poppins together and one of you know the night that we're supposed to be off book so I wasn't off book, right? Oh, so right. I'm going, that's you know, right. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not off book. But I'm like, you know what? Fred will get it. You know, it'll be fine. No, it was not fine. <laughs> was not fine. I, I did oh, almost so the bad. entire show off book, and I bullshitted my way the entire night. There was one yeah, giant John, monologue. You were bullshitting. I had the script in my hand. I was following along. I was like, fuck yeah. that up. We fucked that up. Switch those around. Well, you know what doesn't help you? It's like, it doesn't help either. I'll let you know is. I'm sitting there with the script, and I'll be like, Fred, Fred. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's, 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 But so there's this one moment of this big, giant monologue. It was the only thing that was like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to waste everybody's time. So I pull out my book, and Fred looks at me, he's like, really, John? And I fucking, I wanted to punch him in the face. I was like, oh. But, you know, it's like, it's he is is holding me up to a high standard, and I get it. You know, it's it's fine, but it's like, I don't have any special privileges just I think because we're I, friends. I, I I think it's great that people go to John and they're like trying to get the load on how I'm feeling. <laughs> like anybody would do that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, if you have to ask, yes, he hates yeah. you. Yes. And if you want to know how he's feeling, it's fuck you. <laughs> I've, I've always said this, and this is probably going to be the one thing people need to know. If I don't talk to you, then we're okay. It's when I have to come and talk to you that there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's going to be an issue. That's yeah, fair. exactly. That's the thing. Like I've gone shows where I've had ensemble members... I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot they were in the show. That's because one, I've never had a problem with them. I never had to talk to them about knowing their stuff. And I love that. The the less I have to deal with you, the better. I want you to be an actor and do your thing. Yeah. Just take my direction, do it. If you're not screwing it up, we're good. If you're fucking it up, I'm gonna let you know about it. <laughs> Fair enough. And then and I I was that way at the beginning, 
and I'll be that way now. Absolutely. And I'll be that way in the future. Because it's 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 in in the end, we're trying to put on the best show we possibly can. And that's what it's all about. We gotta do the best show. It's in all theater, about the show. It's I mean it really can't check be. A your place. Egos, check, check your egos. Check your egos at the, the door. door. Because this is about the show. And it's it's not a place to be sensitive. You and, know? I'm not, and I'm not a hand holder. You know no, that. No, not at all. Not <laughs> I even am a not a hand holder at all. No, yeah. Not, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Um so yeah, Mary Poppins was a huge show. You were Mr. Bangs. It was a great, great show. Um, you made a lot of new friends doing that show, which I, th I think it's great that you're really close with the everybody in the Banks family. Oh my God, we, guys, it, like, it's, really tight. It's like a it's, <laughs> it's like, like a, a family. family yeah. So little Nolan, you know, who is my son, I've I'm talking to his parents all the time. You know, he's got a show. He's doing Susical. That's right. um, we're going to see him. You know, Megan and I are going to go see him. Who is Mary? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm hoping that we're going to do Susical together this summer. Yeah, you know, at Encore. Encore is going to be doing Susical um, this summer with you know, the adults, which is fantastic. An adult production. Yeah, we're going to do it with the adults. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's really wow. um, you know, so I'm gunning to do that with him. Yeah, I mean, it, we just it was a really Mary Poppins was an incredible experience. It's one of my favorite things I've done yeah. on stage. Um, I was, was so great excited. It was a great you know, show. To, uh, there are very there are, there are very few shows that um, I get excited about. Like when I when I look back at them, yeah. and that's definitely top five, easy. Spring Awakening still number one. I, it's, I, I, I always go back to that show as one of my best experiences. But I would say even Mary Poppins was either second or third because Lee Miz is right up there too. So yeah. definitely in the top three. We've done some great things. It, it, I'm telling you, f for the short time you've been with Encore for six years, um, you've been in a lot of great shows. You know, you brought a lot to those great shows, um, and hopefully we'll be able to continue. Because not only you know do you do stuff with Encore, there's other companies in the theater as well. You're kind of producing slash directing now you're doing the uh stadium, stadium night, night lives Live. which yeah. is kind of like a <clears throat> yep. uh, improv skit kind of show lovingly ripped off from uh, saturday night live uh, very it has the same initials yeah it does it has the same initials which is awesome for our logos <laughs> right please know when nbc right? be listening is there um, something else you're gonna get sued for? <laughs> <laughs> the physical thing yeah. and now this uh, my wife actually got to be in some of those and she had yeah, so much yeah. fun doing them with you um, it's a blast um, it is it's a lot of fun now what do you have coming up now you just said that you're playing Fagan so again, right? I actually um, so last night was our first rehearsal. Um, I'm stepping back into uh, the world of Oliver. Um, I'm playing Fagan um, out in uh, Hudson, Mass, um, with oh, Rivers, like, Rivers yeah. Edge. So it, yeah, it's a little bit of a hike. Um, it honestly wasn't something I was necessarily going to go out for, and it sort of came to me. And I met with the director, and I, I thought he had a really uh, fantastic vision. Um, we're going with a really dark sort of tone, um, which right, I love. I like yeah, dark. I think you'll, I think I like you're going to really dig it. Um, yeah. And uh, He's, he's brilliant. He's just got this great um, vision for the show, and I'm so excited to be a part of it and to be able to step back into a character that I played, you know, 13 years ago um, and do it as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just, I'm so, so incredibly excited to be doing that. Um, and after that, I mean, if, if it all works out as I'm hoping it will, um, I'm going to go right into Susical. It'll actually overlap. Sure. Um, and then I think I will probably take a hiatus because I'm getting married at the end of the year. That's right. Um, so I think it'll be Susical, and then I'm going to take a break until until next year. Let's see, and we'll see what next year brings. Yeah. I know Encore's got some stuff there. Uh yeah, there's been some putting into the works. rumors yep. down yeah, the pike. Yeah, there's some rumors. I don't know what's yeah, officially slated, but yeah. I do know there's some big stuff coming, which will be which will be pretty great. Uh, John, also, I just want to say, I noticed you have this awesome uh, TV and film portion of your resume. Uh, we are definitely gonna have to have you come back and talk about that. I'm actually gonna put together a acting for TV and film episode just so we can talk about that because I did some myself and I love talking about it and I love hearing what other people do yeah, locally and around awesome. the area and stuff like that. So we'll definitely have you come back and do that. Um, we're going to wrap up for this week's episode. Welcome back, John. We're doing it again. We're back. We're back. We're kicking it off. This will be episode one of the second season. Uh, if you haven't, listened to the previous season i recommend you go back and you take a listen to it lots of great episodes uh, i've heard so many good things about some of our episodes now i've got to go back and relabel all those as season one <laughs> yes you do <laughs> more work for you um but no it season one was great i'm really looking forward to season two we're going to try doing some new things as we uh roll out the second season and uh maybe try some outside of the box kind of things which yeah. i'm looking forward to on location and, uh, on location yeah. <laughs> Uh, drives home. That's that's what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Seeing a show and then driving home dangerous. and talking about it. Oh yeah, yeah that's that fun. dangerous, but fun. Yeah, so definitely, John. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks we for having us. We appreciate it. And uh, that's it for this week. Uh, I'm Fred Fortier. I'm John Roberts. And I'm John McElroy. And we'll see you behind the act curtain later.
You've been listening to Behind the Act Curtain. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Act Curtain or on our website at BehindTheActCurtain.com. Original music by Shaded Glitch. You can download his debut album, Lost in a Labyrinth, on iTunes and follow him on all social media. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us an email at BehindTheActCurtain at gmail.com.